On this week's show, a day to remember for Sheppey United as they win at Merthyr. We hear from coach Jeff Record. Those 40 supporters must have sounded like 140 to me because we, we could hear them, you know, from the first minute to the last minute. Ramsgate are through as well. Match with a Jack Parter tells us about his strike that saw off Froome Town. I, sh- I should have had one in the first half, really, but yeah, it was good to, to get that goal and get the team through. And they just want to get home. Ashridge United assistant manager Adam Flanagan discusses their start to the season. It's not like being at your own ground with your own fans and the feeling that comes with playing games on your own pitch. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. What a week it was in the FA Cup, with only one of our teams going out on Saturday and a couple of, to term a horrendous phrase that I've not heard for a while, thankfully, cup sets. And we've got a bucket load of interviews for you to enjoy in what is, I'm sure, going to be a bumper show. Uh, I'm John Phipps, had a brilliant week of sleep, thanks to some work within a flat below. And on the line now is a man who I'm sure is still on a massive high after seeing just his seventh Dover Athletic win in three years. It's Matt Gerrard, of course. How are you, mate? Not bad, not bad. So who uses the word cup set then? Is that the in thing? I remember it being coined like years ago um, by someone that... It, it, I think it first appeared on the BBC Sport website, and it was by someone that I knew had, had first coined it. And everyone was going, that's a crap phrase. And, it were, and I think FA Cup Fat File uses it as well, actually. Um, oh, but I don't like, like him. Yeah, we do. But I don't like cup sets. Um, I think it's a... Bana- uh, banana phrase. skin seems to be the in thing as well now. Yeah. And, it's a banana skin. Yeah, and let's replay the game because the decision didn't go our way. That seems to be very popular this week as well. Well, I have to say, I, it, did, it did make me laugh, that. It did make me laugh. Uh, so uh, the bloke said, you know, yeah. <laughs> but again, all this nonsense saying it's, you know, people that's on the take. Unfortunately, that's football. Get on with it. Move on. Um, probably Liverpool will come out better with this because every decision they make now, the referees will be crapping themselves and want to um, do a job for them. Oh, that, we'll let that one go. I think it's insane. I think you get so many wrong decisions you know and, and as a lot of people have said if VAR wasn't there goal disallowed because it was off because it was yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know and that's and that's the problem with it and and my view on VAR has always been it was it was sold to us as oh this will make sure there's no more issues and all the decisions will be right well it's not what we basically have come down to is the offside rule being difficult anyway with with such narrow margins involved which I think is insane anyway because how can you do judge it on that in the first place um but also we're just getting slowed down tackles and handballs until they find something wrong with it and that's not <laughs> the, what, what it's supposed to be and you know and it's funny because actually there's some video doing the round Matt I don't know if you've seen it of a penalty uh for Cambridge City last night yeah. um it so it's on one of those uh, it's on the 3G pitch and they've got the goals on the wheels with the little stanchions in the corner oh, yeah. and this lad has absolutely beautifully put that penalty in the bottom corner it's hit the stanchion and bounced back out and the rest give him play on <laughs> goal didn't stand and there's video footage of that and i'm sure cambridge city aren't running around saying the game should be replayed you know anything like that it's uh i don't know it's a very very funny situation but uh it, it, did, make, it did make me laugh and all these people say it's a conspiracy theorist oh, just just get on with it it's, it's, it's life unfortunately they've made a balls up everybody makes a balls up you know it hopefully won't happen again 
And you know, there's part of it, the problem of the internet as well. And I mean, obviously, if it wasn't the internet, we wouldn't be doing this show, but that's by the by. But, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it's a conspiracy against us. It's, you know, everyone's, everyone just wants to moan online, don't they? You know, it's it's like just constantly going on and on. Like, uh, I was thinking the other day, you, you look on Facebook, I know you're not on there, but you look on Facebook, everyone hates where they live. You know, no one's, no one ever seems happy anymore. And I'm like, you know, before we'd go down the pub and we'd moan. And now, you know, we're all just sitting there on our computers behind a behind our phone or, or a screen, you know, and voicing these opinions that aren't even true a lot of the time. You know, you don't need to be an IT support to be some sort of expert putting everything out there now. And, and I get fed up with it, to be honest. Well, 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 my other big gripe at the moment, though, is is, is the opposite. Because I, I, I turn on Strictly Come Dancing or Radio 2, somebody puts two feet in front of each other. And there's hollering and whooping and what a great thing this is. This is really getting on my... Maybe I'm, somebody said I was turning into Victor Meldrew, which I think is probably a compliment. But yeah, don't you think that co- if you listen to Radio 2, the constant hollering and whooping of various things... Honestly, somebody strictly does answer an OK programme and a bit like the Bake Off, everybody's high-fiving everybody when they just do something. Don't you find it is a bit annoying? Unless it's just me being miserable. Well, Matt, if you were here, I'd high-five you after every episode of the Kent Only Podcast. Yeah. So, you know. But no, it's like John's gone to the shops. Woo, yeah. Well done, John. You know, you think, oh. Maybe it's just me just being miserable. I, no, I know what you mean. Like, uh, Everything's excited the, about everything. But, I, I think the thing is, is, and this is life in general, right, you only ever hear the extremes now you know and, and this goes for politics which we don't talk about on this show but it goes for everything like strictly come dancing uh, the bake off you know everything's either amazing or terrible nothing just seems to be in the middle yeah. anymore you know no one would look at that and say oh that's satisfactory no it's <laughs> oh that was terrible and, and another thing that winds me up as well is i see people online when like someone write an article an interview with a, with a, with a manager or a player or something and it will be really positive. And everyone goes, oh, what a great article this is. And then you write something negative and everyone's like, oh, terrible journalism. And it's like, actually, no, being balanced is 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 journalism. And I had this once, I wrote a story and I did a follow-up to a story. Uh, and someone didn't like the content of the story, even though it was 100% true. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what the story was uh, later on, Matt, but we were both involved in this. Um and, and someone said, this is a terrible piece of journalism. And I was like, just because you don't like what it says doesn't make it bad journalism. In fact, it makes it good journalism because it's actually challenging you. You know, and people seem to, it, it really bothers me. Everyone, like you say, everyone's like either uber positive about everything or uber negative. You can't just be in the middle anymore. And that's kind of sad, you know, and that's the whole thing with the internet, isn't it? Everyone has a voice now, even people who don't necessarily deserve one. Boom. That concludes the yeah, the moaning at corner now, but uh, yeah, just not you know. Uh, like I said about I get excited at football because I enjoy that sort of thing, but it could be somebody strict company doesn't fall over, and you've got you know it, the judge it just constantly oh yeah. Not that's why, that's why I like Craig Greville Horde because he always starts with the negative and that and people hate go boo but actually do you know what he's the one who's on the money because he's the one who actually is honest about it and trying to help people improve whereas. That the the head judge who, who on Saturday proper slagged off um, Dennis Harmon, 
undermarked all the goals and then went to Les Dennis, oh, you're fantastic. He wasn't. He was bloody terrible. I reckon I wouldn't have been much worse than him. And I'm fat and got two left feet. Yeah, better move on because it's been a positive week in Ken Nolly football, John. Oh, yeah, I was enjoying having a moan. Hang on. It's our 267th episode this week. And I unearthed that posh paint makers, Farrell Balls, number 267 paint, is named Dovetail. Now, that's not spelt T-A-I-L. Oh, no. Dovetail, T-A-L-E, a story. Uh, I mean, as a journalist, I'm used to writing waffle. But this on their website is special. Are you ready? Dovetail is a darker version of Elephant's Breath and is perfect for those who are hoping for a warm grey finish, typical of the colours used by the bohemian bright young things between the wars. It's a perfect choice for the bedroom, as its gentle lilac undertones creates a soft and inviting feel, paired with skimming stone for the most flattering and subtle scheme. So lots of words for saying it's grey. I don't think we'll be having any dovetail coloured walls in our future home, or elephant's breath for that matter. Uh, the uh, We have used Farrow and Ball in our house. My wife is the designer. You never know, we could have had dovetail, but there is bizarre things. And the company I work for has, because we, we make stuff in different colours, and some of the crazy names we come up for uh, are ridiculous for, for black, basically, mate. There'll be amazing things you could never think of that is just black. And it's that waffle as well. You see it with, when they just release football kits now. This is inspired by the background of the club and where they were in 1906. At West Ham had one that was based on the ironworks at the Thames. No, it wasn't. It's a bloody football kit. Uh, the A267 is also a road that I know phenomenally well. It's the one that goes from Eastbourne to Tunbridge Wells, a journey I make at least four times a week. And the road that currently separates me from the person I want to spend my evenings with. I can't say I'll miss any of the A267 when I finally make my return to Kent permanent. Anyway, talking of Kent, that's why we're here. Let's get on with the show. And we can only start with the FA Cup. We had three teams from the Eastman League Southeast in the third qualifying round. And amazingly, we've got three teams from the Eastman League Southeast in the fourth qualifying round. A brilliant scenes. We will start with arguably the result of the round. A Sheffield United made a mammoth trip to Wales to face Merthyr Town. Matt described the draw as a stinker on this very show two weeks ago, but the Ites ran out 4-1 winners to book their spot in the last qualifying round for the first time as this club and the first time since 1920, if you include their previous iterations. A great result for the Ites. It's definitely worth getting yourselves on this show for a second time in three episodes. So here is coach Jeff Record, and I started by asking him if it was the greatest day in the club's history. Yeah, one of those great days, and... Uh... Yeah, it was enjoyed by everyone that, that attended, you know. Um, yeah, so, like, you know, I'm still coming down from it, really. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people g- gave you much of a chance. I mean, I certainly thought, you know, it'd be a lovely day out for you and everything. But you, you went there and, and you didn't just win. You, you beat them very comfortably, didn't you? Yes, we we, we ended up doing it in style. Um, and, and, and I agree with that. I, I think there was an awful lot of people... Uh, didn't give us much of a chance. I mean, they, they were um, a league higher than us, um, and you know they beat um, a national league side in the previous round over two games. Um, so yeah, uh, there's an awful lot of people would have, would have thought that. But um, you know, within the camp, within the side, and myself and Ernie, we we had a feeling that we could do. Um, that we could do it and um, as things unfolded that's how it turned out How did the game play out? Well I mean obviously you were worthy winners on the day Yes but it wasn't straightforward um, really um, you know after the lads the players and that, after a very long journey that, that 
you know, there was no interruptions with that. And they got there quite early, had a bit of time to relax. And once we kicked off, um, but believe it or not, we had we had two chances in the first five minutes. And, uh, and I thought we should, should have been one or even two up within five minutes. But after that, things settled down. Um, there was a period of around about 10 minutes that, that was fairly even. And then they really did get on top of us um, and put us under a bit of pressure. They had a couple of um, chances themselves, which, which is what you would expect. Um, but as that half went on... Ernie and myself were, were glad to get to half time, really. Um, you know, on the 20 minute mark, they, they went 1 0 up. Um, then we equalised shortly after that. Um, but then took, took a lot of pressure, really. Um, and once we got to half time, um, it was a case of we made some tactical adjustments involving three of our players, really. Um, and that to do the trick in the second half and allowed us to play our football and put them under pressure, nullify a couple of their good players because they had two or three very good players. Um, yes, and then once we went 2-1 uh, up with a fantastic goal from Richie, a great move and a great um, shot into the bottom corner of the net by Richie Hamill, um, well, you know, things started opening up for us then and... Um, you know, we, we kind of romped home. And that's how the second half panned out. But there was a key moment in that second half was um, at 2-1 up, um, our goalkeeper, Aidan, made an unbelievable save low to his right um, and pushed it round the post. Um, and that that was a crucial thing for us because that would have been 2 all. And then five minutes after that, it's 3-1. You know, and and then then four one, and it could have been more. Um, it, you know, we we missed a couple of other unbelievable chances that really um, we normally would have stuck in. Um, but uh, yeah, we took four one. Yeah, it was a great day. And great celebrations from the players. I've seen the videos and, and the and the hearty band of supporters who made that long trip. Ah, oh, I mean, you've got to take your hat off to the supporters, yeah. The, the, the must, I'm only estimating, but there's probably about 40 of them travelled down. Um, and during the game, I mean, it was a very well-attended game, um, they, it, those 40 supporters must have sounded like 140 to me because we, we could hear them, you know, from the first minute to the last minute. And, uh, and of course, all we could do... Um, at the end there, was just going to show our appreciation of those lads that travelled down and then done a quick turnaround and uh, and drove back home again on the same day, you know. You've got some decent players at Sheppey, haven't you? And it's nice to see it's all sort of, seems to be coming together at the moment. Yes, yeah, it, it has really after, um, you know, there was, there was all sorts going on at, at the football club, Um in the close season and pre-season, which, which have all been documented. Um, uh, and really, to put it in a nutshell, you know, the bottom fell out of the club, really, with, with the chairman going, the, the manager going, you know, all the staff going, the coaches going. You know, um, so it was in a, in a bit of a mess. And then only picked the reins up um, and, uh, and has brought incredible stability back to the football club. Um, and, you know, dovetailing that, He's managed to 
put a decent side together. Um, and the lads, really, and all the players and that, and, and the coaches that are there, uh, have done a great job to get it back on a, on a level footing, really. And on, on top of what I just said there, we've got a new chairman in, in Tony Hughes, um, who's completely different uh, to, to, to Matt Smith in, in the, the way he, he, he carries on around the club. Um, but what an unbelievable start for Tony Hughes as chairman of the football club. You know, it's a great bit of history within the first couple of months. You know, you couldn't write that, really. No, I guess you were all gathered round, uh, well, it's not radios anymore, is it? But it was all online, I was to, for the draw on, on Monday. How do you feel about a trip to Billericay? Well, that, that that's going to be incredibly tough. I mean, they've got their own history and um, over the last, um, you know, 10 years or so, they, they've uh, they've maintained a very good level at that football club. Um, you know, and again, they're um, in a league higher than us and they've beaten um, a side in the previous round that I believe were a league higher than them. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game for us. And and I don't think we should make any mistake about it. We'll, we'll be the underdogs again. But you, you certainly revelled in being the underdogs on Saturday, didn't you? Yeah, of course we did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go away, um, you know, I, I used to enjoy that in, in my playing days. I, I, I used to like my back against the wall and, and, and you know, to overcome all the obstacles, uh, you know, the home support, you know, you're going to be under pressure. Um, that was something that I, that I sort of reveled in, and uh, and on the day, um, you know, you've got to embrace it and and not be not be overruled by it all, you know. What would it mean to you and the club to get to the first round? Oh, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really. I mean, it's it's a reward for all the volunteers at Sheffield United Football Club um, and everyone behind the scenes that have been working hard over the last 10 years to get it back to the level that Sheffield United should be at. Um, and there's been a lot of hard work um, involved with that um, from everyone involved, players, coaches, managers, you know, supporters. So it would be fantastic just to, if we could go another round. But, um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of work before, uh, before we can do that. Before, obviously, you move back to the FA Cup, you've you got um, the FA Trophy on Saturday, and then you've even got one of these things called a league game next week. That must be yeah. a yeah. yeah, I think I think we've only played three or four league games, uh, which is incredible. But again, it's, it's a reflection on how things have been going, really. We've slowly got better and better, um, you know, as, as the weeks have, have rolled on. But, um, yeah, I mean... What an odd game that's going to be down at Ramsgate um, on Saturday. You know, uh, a team that are you know uh, fancied in in this league to um, to get promotion, uh, if not win it. So um, yeah, that's going to be one tough game for us. I'll make it your eighth cup game in a row against the Rams on Saturday. And you know, the FA Trophy is is a competition that you can you can ruffle some feathers in, like you have done in the FA Cup, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? We'll be going there to give it our best shot and uh, win, lose or draw. You know, we will be doing our best to try and get through. Um, 
you know, it's um, you never know in cup football, do you? That, that's the thing. I mean, again, Ram, Ramsgate will be expecting, they've got the home draw, they're going to be expecting to win that. Um, you know, but you never know in cup football what, what, what can happen on the day. And it is all about performances on the day. And then he played Rams again on Tuesday in the league. Um, how much confidence can you take from these cup runs into your league form when it does restart? Well, I think it can only be a positive thing because, um, you know, when, I, when Ernie first um, asked me to come and give him a hand with a side and that, um, after a couple of games, I thought we had a bit of a, a fitness issue. And, um, you know, a game later, Ernie come back to me on that. He said, oh, you know, I think you're right. So we've been really working hard um, on our fitness levels um, and, you know, dovetailing that in with, with the games that we had, um, in, in the cups and that, um, off, I think things are getting back um, now to the levels of fitness that you need to play uh, in the Ryman. So um, yeah, so it's, it, it, it's, all, it's all positive, really. And just finally, I suppose from where you are, you're all set up for a good season, and you'll be looking to be in and around the playoffs, surely at the very least. Well, as you've, as you've just said, we've only played you know a few league games, so. This, the one thing I've learned is this is a tough league and it's going to be a long season. Um, so it'd be nice if we can get on a run. So we're in a challenging position of getting in the playoffs. Um, but that will only unfold between now and Christmas, really, um, and once we get back to playing league games. But um, if, if we can continue with the style of play that that, that we've been playing I'm sure we'll get chances in these games um, and uh, and hopefully we'll we'll pick up a few points and we'll see where we are by about Christmas time Well what a win that is Matt and a, a brilliant day for everyone at Sheffield United Unbelievable um, it, it, I did think it was a stinker of a draw because they probably couldn't have gone further when we had Aidan on as well a couple of weeks ago um, he was saw more, you know, it's going to be a day out. We've got a long trip. We'll enjoy ourselves. But clearly, they've gone there and done an unbelievable job because Merthyr are a good side at that level. But to go there and win by four goals to one, uh, a fantastic achievement. Um, I didn't see it coming. Um, but it so fantastic. And the, the interview there sort of said they, they deserved it. Um, coming across and grew into the game. But what an achievement for those fans. And he said the 50 or so fans of Sheffield United will probably never forget that because what a result for them. And just to be one game away, did they start in the preliminary round? They must have probably started very early. So we hope that one side could go all the way through from that and they've got a chance to do it. Yeah, I think they started in the preliminary round rather than the extra preliminary round. They're still still a level achievement. An unbelievable run. And, you know, I've seen the goals and and they're all really well taken. The celebrations were absolutely magnificent. And... You know, I don't think a lot of people gave them much of a chance uh, when they went over there. But, you know, and even to go a goal down as well, as, as he said there, and then fight back and win that. And by the end of the game, you know, it was absolute unbelievable scenes. You know, they were they were strolling the goals in and uh, it was wonderful. And do, do you know what? As he said there, and I thought he was really candid about it. It was a really tough summer for Sheppey United, you know, with Matt Smith moving on uh, and everything like that. Really, really tough times for them. And, and, you know, there were all sorts of rumours swirling around about where the future was going to go. And obviously Jack Midson then left on the eve of the season. And now look at them. You know, they're, they're unbeaten in the league still. 
and they're one game away from potentially playing Derby County in the FA Cup first round. You know, that's unbelievable. And, you know, hats off to those players. You know, I looked at the team they had out there. Got some good players there. You know, not necessarily the big names. Yeah, they've got Dan Bradshaw and Danny Leonard are probably the, the big names that, that, that they've gone out and got. But, you know, you look at the other players that have got around, players who've cut their teeth at other clubs in the, in the county and are just going from strength to strength. And they're a good team, you know. When you look at that side, you think actually they're they're, they're a good side, Sheffield United. And and you know they've got Billericay in the next round. Again, not an amazing draw, but what on earth have they got to fear going there? Absolutely nothing to fear. Um, interesting point I made about you know Matt Smith leaving. He was friend of the show, um, and the new chairman coming in. He was a different character. I don't know what he meant by that around the place, but um, yeah, a fantastic. Dream. I think it's if if um, Merthyr Tibble was a stinker. I think Billericay, even though they're doing quite well in their league, um, that's a good draw. Not too far to go. I think they'll take a few fans up there. A cracking day out. Nothing to, absolutely nothing to fear. Um, on three, it's on three G as well, which might might um, appeal to them as well from what they're used to playing. So, yeah, a really good result. Probably the best result we've had for a couple of years, I think, from one of our sides of the FA Cup. You, nobody gave them a chance particularly not me going to Merthyr. And when they were 1-0 down, you feared for them. But to win by four goals to one and deservedly win after they've gone through. And to be, what, what did you say the last time in a previous incarnation? 1920? 1920. I think it was the sixth qualifying round then, which I suppose is what they're in technically now. But yeah, 1920 was the last wow. time that the name of Sheffield United was one game away from being in the in the first round proper. And, you know, This is a story, John. If, if, if they can get through, if, fingers crossed, and they get a league club, you know, the media will be looking at this really heavily for them. So next game, arguably the biggest game in their history, isn't it? Got to be. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and I think, uh, fortunately, Lee at Sheffield United is a good fellow. And he'll remember that we were there first and that we've covered him in there through good times and bad. So I'm sure we'll still be able to get in there um, and see what we can do. I did mention in there uh, the league game against Ramsgate uh, next Tuesday. That's now been cancelled uh, to allow both teams to prepare for their fourth qualifying rounds uh, games. It's a league rule that you can do that if you're in. Uh, and as we were about to hear... Both Sheppey and Ramsgate do have FA Cup fourth qualifying round ties to look forward to. Uh, Ramsgate also on the road in theirs. They head to face AFC Totten, who are currently eighth in the Southern Premier Division South. Uh, that's the same league that Merthyr Town are second in. Uh, they beat Froome Town uh, 2-1 on Saturday. What proved to be the winning goal was netted by Jack Parter. And after the game, he spoke to a friend of the show, Matt Eastley. Uh, well, I've just seen it obviously build up and I've just crept, crept forward. And um, Paxter's got the ball in the middle, called it out, out to the left. Stood the, the right wing back up and he's, he tried to show me the line, but I've just cut inside and just hit it. Yeah, Outside the box into the top corner. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? And been threatening to do that all afternoon, hadn't yeah. you? Really been getting increasingly coming to the game. It was, uh, I think you fancied that side, didn't you, a bit, you know? Yeah, um, he, in the first half, it started, we started a bit shaky, really. But then when we got control of the ball, I was getting a bit of joy. I was, and every every time I was getting in driving, it was causing a bit of trouble, and I was threading balls and stuff like that, and we was creating chances. So, and I, sh- I should have had one in the first half, really, when when uh, Joe's the keeper saved off Joe, and then his re- rebound back. But, but yeah, it was good to to get that goal and get the team through. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a rocket. You can't have scored too many better than that in your career, have you? No, I haven't. No, I've, I've scored a couple, but probably not not of late anyway. No, um, but now 
three goals this season now, so um, it's not too bad going from a oh, left-hand yeah. yeah. yeah, not too bad. So, and what about this uh, this cup run? It's getting quite exciting now. I'm just speaking to Ben there and, uh, you know, next game, you're 90 minutes away from potentially getting a really big club. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of them. We, we look on Monday and see what we get, but you, you either want the easiest draw or you want one of the big teams. If you don't get the easiest draw, you want a big team and then it's a, a good day out then. But we'll see what we get on Monday. Yeah. Are you enjoying your football down here, Jack? I'm loving it. We play good stuff, so yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, they um, allow me to to play how I want to play, so it's good. Well, it's great for the Rams too to have made it through, Matt. And, and much like we said with Sheppy, you know they've beaten Cray and Chatham. They're not going to fear going to Totten, are they? No, I think it's another good tie for them. Um, I don't know if these sides wanted the big boys from the National League, but they've got sides um, they should have nothing to fear about. Um, Ramsgate. From what I gather from the Ramsgate, Ramsgate were in control of this game. A little bit of extra quality, strength in depth, substitute coming on, dominating the game, scoring a goal. So, yeah, I'd be concerned about how many league games they're going to have to fit in here, these two, because they, they will, it will, should they should both hit the magical 10, is it now? Cap games in a row? I think it probably is now. Is yeah, absolutely. Yep. They're playing, are they playing each other in the... You know, Play each other in the trophy on Saturday, and then yep. they've got. The, and then the next game is going to be their FA Cup fourth qualifier round. Yeah, game, so it's ten games in a row. So, yeah, fantastic achievement. Um, it'd be unbelievable if if a couple of our south uh, southeast Isthmian teams can get to the first round. I'm more confident probably now than they was in the third round, particularly for Sheppard, that they can get through. So, yeah, it should be a big couple of days. Shame they're both not at home, but they've both got a chance to get into the to the. The magical first round. And of course, there is a third team, Matt. Cray Valley P. Uh, yeah, I saw that last minute, wasn't it? Absolutely. Well, they battled their way back to a replay uh, against Carl Shorter and then came from behind in the replay as well. Uh, they won 2-1 thanks to Kem Tumkaya's goal a minute from time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the goal, Matt, but you know when the strike is a bit out of form and they say it wouldn't matter if one went in off his arse? Well, that's exactly what happened there. Uh, a clearance from a corner hit Tumkaya and looped in. He won't care. Cray Valley PM certainly won't care. And having beaten his former club, I'm 100% oh. sure that Steve McKim will not care either. They have got a home tie against Enfield Town in the next round. Uh, they've just beaten a team from, from that league as well. So their tails are going to be up as well. And, and you know, they reached this the, the first round proper uh, a few years ago. They played yeah. Hamilton to Louisville, didn't they? And a chance... Second round, they beat, well, beat Maiden. Yeah, they beat Maiden in the fourth qualifying, didn't they? Beat Maiden in the fourth qualifying and then they played ha- Haven't More to Louisville. I think that was the same year that Steve McKim and Tunbridge got to the the, uh, yeah. the, the first round as well when they played Bradford uh, in the COVID times, you know. And, and it's great for Steve McKim. Uh, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. Absolutely delighted for him to have the chance to get back into to the FA Cup first round. Uh, and, you know, he's doing a great job at Cray Valley. Yeah, yeah, really... You know, I think it was a good result with the first game when I saw they were 1-0 down, but when I saw yeah, they got through, yeah. Uh, he's a good manager. Crave, what I like about him, as he said before, you know, he probably could have stayed at the same level at Carl Shulton as he was at Tunbridge. He just wants to be successful and manage a club. So, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. No, it's, it's absolutely fantastic for Cray Valley. And as I say, it couldn't be more delightful. And the spirit that they showed to come from behind in both those games. And Enfield, they've had a decent start to the season. But I don't think they'll be particularly relishing that trip. Uh, those games are on the 14th, so only 10 days away uh, from where we are speaking to you now. So we will uh, preview them all extensively next week. Also through uh, Maidstone United, one down at Winchester. 
Uh, we'll hear about Dover Athletic in a moment as well. Welling have also gone through uh, after a replay. The only team we lost at the weekend uh, were Margate, who were beaten at Chesham in a clash where both main shirt sponsors are entertainment brands. So, Matt, a pop quiz for you. We know that Margate are and have been sponsored for several years by the Libertines. Who are the sponsors of Chesham United? Is it Taskmaster? You are 100% correct. Taskmaster is on the shirts of Chesham United because Alex Horn, little Alex Horn, is a supporter of Chesham. Uh, and Dover Athletic, Matt, you, you won. Zidane got a couple of goals. He's fallen far from Real Madrid, hasn't he? <laughs> it came off, the, to be fair, first 60 minutes, we were pretty terrible. And Harringay um, were the better side. I thought they had a couple of good players, to be fair. We picked up a lot of players from the that level the last couple of uh, this season clearly we hadn't been looking at the right ones because Haringey had better ones that we actually had but is that again playing two up front seems to work and playing with a striker uh, Dembele came on who is um, a tall bit of a lump of a striker but he puts himself around it's amazing what you do if you play to your to your strength really and Zidane who I think I think I like Zidane He's got something about him. Scored two good goals um, and got Dover through to the next round where they got an absolute stinker of a draw. That's all I can say on that. But, but, but we're in the hat. You never know. Stranger things have happened. It could, uh, be, a, it could be a cup upset and we're going to be there bananas again. Absolutely. The, 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 that is the thing. The draw on Monday, I tuned in. It was on TalkSport uh, 2. It was quite odd because I was actually in the same building uh, as the draw was being made and I was listening to it through my phone. Uh, very strange. Uh, but yeah, um, as they say, Reggie Blinkers all round. Uh, Maidstone will travel to Torquay. I think that's two weeks running. They've got to go to Torquay as well. Uh, we've already mentioned Ramsgate's trip to AFC Totten. Dover Athletic uh, will head to Eastleigh. Bromley did get a home tie there at home to Wealdstone. That's hardly exciting, is it? Uh, we've already mentioned as well, obviously, that Billericay is the destination for Sheppey United. Uh, Ebb Street United will be at home to Slough Town. Uh, they would probably use a confidence-boosting win. Uh, Craig Valley, as I mentioned, at home to Enfield Town. And Wedding United's reward for beating Gosport Borough is a trip to Boreham Wood, uh, which uh, I don't know. Good luck, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you've been to Bournemouth before, Nigel, but let's just say there won't be any Radio Wings commentary from that one. <laughs> or unless, uh, <laughs> unless unless you want to basically use your budget up on one game. <laughs> yeah, what a lo- what a lovely place to go, Bournemouth. Oh, we yeah. love them so much. Yeah, yeah, good luck welling in that time. <laughs> While there was FA Cup action for a lot of Irish Men League South East teams, uh, some of them were also in league action uh, on Saturday. Uh, Beckenham beaten 2-0 at home by Chichester. Everton Belvedere were 1-0 winners over Hythe Town. Uh, Herne Bay 2-0 winners over Phoenix Sports. They finished 7 Oaks Town 2. Sittingbourne 2. Uh, the other result on Saturday was an aberration from Ashford United as they were beaten 6-0 uh, East Grinstead. A very un-Ashford-like result. A very un-Kevin Watson-like result as well. Uh, they did manage to bounce back. On Tuesday night, they played at Hythe, uh, the rearranged game from August. And 2-2 with a last-minute equaliser for the Nuts and Bolts. And I've seen that, today, Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. Was it as good as the one for Cray Valley? Uh, well, it, the keeper came out, flatted it, but it's a hell of a volley from outside the penalty area by Lewis Knight into the top corner. So, I've, yes, um, the, 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 I think Hythe will be disappointed where they conceded it, but hell of a finish. Well, absolutely. And we're going to hear of one half... Uh, of the management from that game. Well, actually, the assistant manager, uh, Ashford United, Adam Flanagan, who spoke to Matt earlier on today. I felt it was a very even game between two two good teams. Um, um, played in the right spirits. Uh, both teams looking to try and win the game. 
um, both having quite good chances to win the game. So uh, yeah, I think it was a fair, a fair uh, a point of peace was a fair reflection. Uh, again, this is a rearranged game from uh, from the one over uh, I think Bank Holiday Monday with the injury. So, as a club going into that, do you think you were in a stronger position in the playing the the replay game than you would back in August? Um, I'm not too sure um, because I think obviously Saturday's result um, probably going into Tuesday mindset's maybe a little bit different. I think when we played higher at the start of the season, I think. I can't recall if we played the cup games and lost, but I think we were on the back of a couple of wins. So um, I think that maybe changed our mentality was maybe a little bit different. But equally, um, after Saturday's game, we needed we needed to see a reaction from the group, and and we saw that. So that was positive. Yeah, again, people might not know you lost six nil against East Grinstead, who'd lost their previous games, and I know the manager said that he wanted to reimburse the, the supporters who travelled to that. Was that just one of those crazy blip games or had you seen that coming? Because you have, defensively, you conceded a lot of goals this season. Um, well, prior to, prior to the, two, the last two, of, games, our yeah. first two games, we'd, uh, defensively, we'd look quite tight. And, um, and then the, the two proceeding after that, before yesterday, the league, we've looked, uh, we've gone for a lot of goals. So, um, yeah, I think for us, um, Saturday was, was in truth a little bit unexpected. Um, I don't think with the quality that we've got within the group and um, the information we give as the management team that we would ever go into a game thinking that scoreline would be prevalent. But um, at the end of the day, that was that was how, that was how the, the game ended up playing out. Um, bitterly disappointing for us. As a group, as a management team, and for the fans that come, and um, we've just got to make sure now that it doesn't happen again. I suppose you learn more about your players when when you lose a game like that than when you win games. Is that right? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think I think games like that, you're, you're looking at players' characters, um, what you've got in the group, um, winner, winner, winning mentality, uh, um, and bits and pieces like that. So and that was that was a big criterion to see. What we, what we were going to showcase yesterday night and um, I think on that front the players stepped up and, and, and showed that I had got that and so uh, I think as a, as a, as a group we, we, we don't forget what happened Saturday but we make sure that um, going forward we, we don't allow that to happen again How difficult, you know you, you come in in the summer um, you haven't been able to play it home, I presume you can't train at the ground as well. How difficult has the job been in the first few months of the season? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been, look, going to a new club, take aside that you haven't got a training venue and, and you're not playing at home, he's, he's probably a uh, stressful time because you've got pre-season where you need to speak to all of the players, current squad, speak to new members. That can be a really busy time. You're then trying to rearrange friendly games. Some of those you because we were under the impression the pitch would be ready mid-July. We've then had to rearrange from that point. We've had to find training venues. So it's been, it's been a challenge, to be fair. I think um, it has been stressful at times, but I think uh, we've, we've, we've worked through and Don, Don's kept us updated with what's been going on with the pitch on that front and we've relayed that to the players. And 
their attitude's been good. But um, in terms of playing at home, I looked yesterday and I think only one team, um, Sheppey last year in the Division 1, more games away from home than they did at home, which kind of portrays an image that teams gain most of their points by playing at home. And obviously that's not been um, feasible for us yet. So I think uh, all of the games, whilst some of them have been, a, been big home fixtures at Cham, it's, it's not like being at your own ground with your own fans and, and the feeling that comes with playing games on your own pitch. Where are you training at the present? A variety of places at the moment. <laughs> um, because Astros are quite rare, uh, rarely available, and a lot of teams and you have to block book. We've, we've just literally just wherever we can find a venue um, to train, we uh, we just secure that. And then um, so there's a lot. We've been at Dartford, we've been at Crownwood School in Bexley, we've been at Corinthians. It's, it's been it's been an array of places really, just uh, just so we can train. Um, we can offer the players some training, um, but hopefully, like we said, when the pitch is really close now, to be back and readily available, and then when we get that, we'll be able to work on things a little bit deeper than what we have done, train for a little bit longer um, than we have done, and hopefully that'll be represented on the pitch. When do you hope to get back for your first home game of the season at uh, Homelands? Well, speaking to Don last night, um, the, the pitch is being the, the grass element or the, the astro element of the pitch is being laid as we speak. I think he said something like 10 working days to do that, so I'm not sure how far they're into that at the moment. Then I believe it needs to be assessed. So I think we're looking, um, I'm not sure, I think we've got hired again in the cup later this month. Yeah, end of 25th uh, of October, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the game that I think we're targeting at the moment. So the league, the league is... At the moment, uh, you know how you know you've been in this league before with your other clubs, etc. Um, it's quite a hybrid league because not many teams have played many games, which is, seems bizarre when we're in October. What do you think the standard's been like so far, though? Yes, well, to, to be fair to myself, I haven't been in this league before, right. so it's, a lot of the teams and the players that are a little bit um, unfamiliar to, to me, but I'd say the standard has been quite high, especially, I think it's, from my time in Essex, I think the, the Kent side of things seems to be a, um, a high level technically in terms of a lot of teams try and pass the ball, play out from the back. Um, so, so on that front, some of the games, I think the, the, the level of football has been really, really to a high level. Um, but um, I'm only trying to see the teams, um, the rest of the league, as we, as we obviously go through the season. But... Um, just mindful of what we want to try and do as a team and what we want to achieve this year and and um, whilst looking forward to seeing the other teams making sure that we apply ourselves the right way It could be, you know um, there's two Sussex teams at the top but do you think it will be the Kent sides dominating come the end of the season? Oh, I, would, I would say um, on the Kent side of things there are a lot of strong, strong teams in Kent obviously Ramsgate um Valley, Seven Oaks, I think Hive, what they've got there, I think they're, they're going to be a difficult team to go and beat. Um, I think I think it's a league where you'll probably, there's a lot of Kent derbies, so maybe, I'm not sure, they're the same level of Sussex derbies, so maybe that will be a benefit to them, but um, I think there's, a, there's an array of good teams in this division. 
And I think uh, while some things might have started a little bit slower, and sometimes might have started a little bit faster, I think during the course of the season, if you're a good team, you're pretty much in and around it where you need to be come the end of the season. You are back in uh, cap action this weekend. Beaconsfield Town, who are a level above, I think, but you beat Metropole Police in the previous round. Again, trophies are... A, a, a strange competition for sides at your level. Um, again, you might go on and win it, but not many teams have done at that level. What do you expect from Beaconsfield? Um, in, terms, in terms of Beaconsfield, they, when the draw got played, I think they were fourth from bottom. Yeah. The initial feeling is, you know what, not a bad tie, league above, but they're, they're potentially not not performing well. But I think in the last week or so, they've won three in a row and they've climbed um, up through the leagues. Um, did our due diligence and went and watched them and, and we think they're a very, very good team. So uh, we think it's going to be a very difficult fixture on Saturday. But we've got a carrot that the club have never progressed past this round in the FA Trophy since its reform. So um, that's a big stick, it's a big carrot for us all. Um, that's why we want to come, when we came to Ashford, it was kind of the criteria that we set. We wanted to try and achieve things the club hadn't achieved before. And, and try to push the levels higher. So um, Saturday is an opportunity for us to to do that. And, and I think as a, as a as a group, that's what we want to try and try and achieve. But and you're enjoying it at Ashford with Kevin. Um, you know, a good manager at that level knows this level. So you know, put down last Saturday as a bit of a blip, and you're sure you'll be up there come the end of the season. Yeah, yeah look, we've got a good management team. And Kev, Kev's very knowledgeable of the level. Tommy Osborne's coming and. I mean, he's added to the, the depth that we've got as well. And I think as a group, we're, we, we, we can cover pretty much uh, a lot of the bases. And um, and we're looking forward to uh, enjoyed working with the group we've got. It has been a little bit restrained in terms of, like we say, training and what we can do on that front. But we're really excited to get back to our home pitch, um, meet a lot of the fans that probably we haven't met um, yet. And um, and just get that bond between players, and management team, fans a little bit tighter than what it's been. And if we can do that, and as a, as a, as a group, we can showcase to the fans the, the passion and desire that they want to see. Then hopefully uh, we'll get stronger as the season goes along, and, and come the business end of the the season, we'll be where we all want to be. When you've got a new management in, they must want to get there and show the people of Ashford what they're all about. And it's going to be the end of October, by the sounds of it, before they get that opportunity. Yeah, issue with the ground. Um, uh, again, I think Adam Fadigan and Kevin Watson have been in the game long enough. So if you're a younger manager, hadn't been managing for long, this could be a, a bit of a test for you. But uh, they're experienced. Um, yeah, it, it is disappointing for them that they haven't been able to do that. And maybe if you'd have told them you wouldn't have a home game until the beginning of October, at the end of October, maybe would they thought long and half about taking the position? But yeah, you know, clearly this year with training, training, but working on it. And I don't think they're doing too bad at the moment in a in a, in a league that is, I have to say, very uh, very difficult to pinpoint down because not many teams have actually played many games. That's that's always a concern. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? That that that's that's part of it, you know, that that difficulty. But you know. They were disappointed with that result on Saturday. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, 
when I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Um, you know, and, and Ashford United have been there or thereabouts. Kevin Watson's been there or thereabouts uh, the last few years. They've got seven points so far from their uh, from their five games. They've had a couple of those games at home. Uh, they've conceded 14, which is the second most in the division. Uh, they've scored eight. It hasn't been the, the, the greatest start, but, you know, I think you can excuse them because of the fact they've not been playing at home, you know, and there must be a knock on of that as well in terms of there's no money coming into the club. It's just a big outgoing on the, on this pitch that they've had to lie down. Uh, you know, Ashford United have had problems with that pitch for several years. Um, and obviously now it's it's going to it's been torn up. It's going to be a new surface down there. So hopefully that will be better for them. But you think the main reason why you want a 3G pitch is all the revenue that it brings in. And they're not getting that revenue at the moment because no one is there able to use the pitch at all. And, you know, Kevin Watson and his merry band going to all these different places to train. It, it must be really hard. And I'm sure come the end of the month when they get settled and they're back at Homelands and the, they've got their supporters with them, 100% all of them there. I think that they will start to really hit the ground running. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think the squad they've got, uh, it's players who've played at this level and a level above. The, the side, to me, looks like they've got goals in them, but defensively, they've been a little bit shaky. Maybe that turning around, that result again, against Hyde can be a, you know, a stepping stone. If they'd lost that again, you know, equalised in the last minute, it would have been real doom and gloom. Yeah, it, it's difficult. Cause I, you know, and I know the, the ladies' team aren't playing there, so... The club has come a little bit fragmented, hasn't it? If you're not playing at home and, and people who are used to going there on a Saturday, they're not going to go to Chatham. You're likely going to have to pay Chatham something as well. So not money coming in. Don Crosby, the owner, must be uh, pulling his hair out um, regarding this. Um, I know he did a video class a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Saying, right, we're trying to get back. But it's um, it's been a difficult process for them. And, if you look back at the end of the season, he seems pretty confident if equality will come through. If they miss out on promotion or miss out on playoffs, you have to look at this start of the season when they were playing their games away from home. And you can't get that camaraderie. You can't work on the training ground as much as you would. It could be a, an issue that affects them in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to, to see how they do uh, and, and progress from here. But I say, I reckon come the end of the month when they get there, uh, when, they, when they get to where they want to be, uh, I'm sure that things will start to pick up. Uh, in the Ismini Premier Division uh, on Saturday, a pretty dismal day, actually. Cray Wanderers beaten 3 0 at Kingstonian. Uh, and the, last week we talked about Concord Rangers and how they uh, have had a terrible start to the season. Well, Folkestone came along uh, and made sure that that uh, came to an end. They got their first win of the season, uh, the first points of the season, in fact, with a 2 1 win uh, over Invicta. Uh, but on Tuesday night, Cray Wanderers then headed to Concord Rangers and beaten 3-0. So it's very, anyone can beat anyone in this division, Matt, I think is what we can deduce from from this uh, early knockings of the season in, in the Ismini Premier Division. Well, I, I thought Karen Gow bottom of this division, uh, to be fair, for 60 minutes, they were better than Dover, which doesn't know really so much about Dover, which shows the standard of the Ismini Premier League division. Yeah, so um, Folkestone, won three, lost three, drawn three. Um, Margate again, uh, we're struggling a little bit from there. Cry have picked up a little bit of result, but a little bit inconsistency. So Chatham, of course, the side that's doing very well at that, but uh, they've just got to, um, you know, just keep it going as they are. But yeah, disappointed from the, the sides, particularly Cry and Folks, that we thought we'd probably be doing a little bit better. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they will, will, will both settle down as well. Uh, Margate. But uh, it seems a league that it's, it's you know I can't see maybe Hornchurch, but I think it's going to be a quite a tight division in this. So if you can go on a bit of a run, you might be able to get get into the playoff position. So it's not not all doom and gloom at the moment, but quite a competitive division. I think this was going to be this year. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, anyone seemingly can beat anyone and that uh, makes it interesting. Uh, those teams enter the FA Trophy uh, this weekend. Uh, so all the fixtures, there are some teams from the South East and some teams from the Premier Division. So it's uh, Beaconsfield against Ashford, as you've already heard from Adam Flanagan. Uh, Cray Valley, Matt, just to make a change, they're going to go and play Carl Shorten uh, for the third time in a week. Uh, uh, Hyth Town head to Concord Rangers. Folkestone are at home to Haringey. Margate go to Harrow Borough, Chatham go to play Haybridge Swifts, Cray Wanderers have a long trip up to Needham Market, and as we've already heard, it's Ramsgate against Sheppey United. There's a smattering of fixtures in the Isthmian League South East Division as well, as Herne Bay head to Broadbridge Heath, uh, Hyder at home to Lislehampton, Seven Oaks go to Lansing, Beckenham head to Merstham, Phoenix Sports place Three Bridges, and it's Sittingbourne against Irith and Belvedere. Uh, next week, midweek as well, there's a few games uh, in that division. Uh, Ashford against Cray Valley, Hythe against Sevenoaks, Beckenham go to Merstham, and it's Sittingbourne against Hearn Bay. Let's move on to the National League and more concern, Matt, uh, for Ebbsfleet United. I mean, Eastleigh away is a tough place to go, isn't it? As, as I'm sure Dover Athletic are going to prove uh, in a few weeks' time. Uh, but that was a really disappointing result for the fleet uh, on Tuesday. A- another heavy defeat, beaten 5 2. Uh, Epswick now down in 15th place they've conceded 27 goals uh, only Oxford with 28 and AFC filed with 32 have other conceded sides. more other promoted sides um, down in 15th they've got 16 points from 14 games they made quite a bright start Matt but it, it's just gone a bit wrong hasn't it yeah it's particularly away from home they've conceded a lot of goals haven't they which may be the way they play uh, as I say, they will always be, you know, the way they'll play, they'll play out from the back. Maybe Simon's exploited them, maybe getting a little bit bullied. I haven't seen him this season, so can't comment on that. Um, maybe he's been too loyal to the players who've got promoted. So um, I did think Absolute would be in the would be a good bet for the playoffs this season. Um, and maybe he needs to refresh the squad up. Uh, I think they'll be disappointed, what, 15, 14 games, 16 points? Seems, you know, South End probably in a false position because of the 10 points deduction. Are they in a relegation battle? It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think they'll be disappointed with the start. Um, and maybe um, Polian's been injured. Bingham, well, I think, was, was excellent for them last season. I know he missed the end of last season, not being fit. It'll be interesting to see if, if he does tinker with the squad, move players on bring players in because I think you do find a lot of t- clubs who've been promoted. Interestingly, the bottom three of the division, our sides haven't been promoted. Maybe there is a more of a gap, more of a, a leap between Conference North and South than there is the National League. So, absolutely, looking at that, they're doing okay. But I think maybe looking at strengthening the squad, Dennis Katrib, see what he can do. Um, it would be just interesting to see how they how they get on from this point of view. But the supporters will be a little bit disappointed because I think the expectations are there in a division we thought would be more wide open this year. Yeah. Um, I just, I think the thing was, I don't expect Ebbsfleet United to get a hammering. And, and But 
what I've always said about Ebb Street, what I've liked about them is they stick to their principles and they want to play football the right way and they want to attack. Maybe they're being a bit naive and keep yeah. on attacking when actually it's not their their way to do it. But we shall see. Also defeat on Tuesday night for Bromley uh, up at the leaders Chesterfield. Uh, I think, Matt, I, I, I'm loath to say this on October the 3rd, but I think Chesterfield might take some catching. Yeah, I suppose Barnett's still up there. Um, Solly how unbeaten. You would have, well, you know, the, the three big teams in this division over the last few years have been Wrexham, Notts County and Chesterfield. So uh, the first two have gone. Chesterfield will probably, you know, Chesterfield missed out on the playoffs. Unlucky not to get promotion in the playoff final. So, uh, and they've got a decent manager. They were favourites to win the league. Um, it's a big gap, you know, 10 points clear about certain other sides. Yeah, fighting for the playoffs, the other sides could be. For me, maybe Chesterfield and Barnett are going to be the top two. But I yeah, still think Bromley will definitely be, will have a big say in, in the promotion come the end of the season. Yeah, both of our sides have won 3-1 on Saturday, incidentally. Uh, Bromley at home to Gateshead, a very impressive win, that one. Uh, and Ebsfleet against our favourite team in that division, Boreham Wood. Uh, on Saturday, Ebsfleet at home to Halifax. While Bromley travelled to York. It's a benchmark for Ebsfleet, I think, Halifax. Because Halifax are one of these sides... Um, done quite well over the last couple of years probably ha- not going to be as good as they were before so to be honest I expect Ebsley to beat Halifax that's the kind of if they're going to be you know top end of the table I think you've got to be beating teams like Halifax at home and that will be a it will be an interesting test for them there Yes, absolutely. We will just run through the fixtures quickly uh, in the National League South this weekend. Uh, Dartford travel to Chippenham, Dover at home to Taunton, Tunbridge Angels at home to Hemel Hempstead, Maidstone go to Torquay, as we've already mentioned, uh, Welling at home to Farnborough. Uh, just want those teams to start putting a run of results together um, just to move themselves into the positions that we kind of expected them to be. Um, so, yeah, we shall see how those go. Uh, let's move into big, the... One, one thing, sorry, John. Tunbridge Angels, a big game for them, I think. You know, Hasn't been a good start to the season. A bit of murmuring from some of the supporters as well about Jay Saunders. He's chopping and changing, bringing players in. I think their game against Hemel, um, probably the the biggest game in from a Kent point of view um, this weekend in that division. I think Tunbridge, you know, who have struggled, particularly at home, I think, to score goals. Um, it's an important game for them. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know... I... High hopes for Tunbridge and at the start of the season. They didn't have a terrible start, um, but it has just, it's, it's not, you're not in form. And, and as you know with uh, Dover, Matt, once you get in a bit of a slump, it's hard to get out of it, isn't it? Yeah, and this is a tough, tough division. I have to say, I think you're, you know, you've got to be on it. And Hemel Hempstead, I've seen him against Welling. They looked a good side when I saw that. So, Tunbridge Angels have just got to be on it. Just scoring goals has been a problem, apart from that one game against Slough. Um, they're on a bit of a sticky wicket at the moment. And Jay Saunders, I don't know, he's a good manager. He'll turn it around. I'm absolutely convinced about that. But it's just important for them, particularly in front of their own fans, just to stop the sort of um, murmurings of discontent, which I'm hearing. Let's move into the Southern Counts East League then, uh, where plenty of goals, as you might have expected on Saturday. Uh, Deal Town came from behind uh, to beat Corinthian by two goals to one, a late goal from Ben Chapman. I think it was his 200th appearance for the club as well, so well done to him. Uh, Irith Town, 5-1 winners over Rustall. Uh, Faversham were 3-1 winners over Punjab United. They were two up inside three minutes, so any uh, upset they might have had about the FA Vars quickly uh, dispensed of. 
Uh, Homesdale beat Fisher by two goals to one. It was Stansfield one, Beerstead one. Uh, Snodland three one winners over Glebe. Glebe's first defeat of the season. Uh, Tunbridge Wells, an impressive win for them over Whitstable, uh, winning by three goals to nil. A disappointing uh, for Whitstable, that one. Uh, it was VCD Athletic two, Lordswood two, Wellingtown one, Hollands and Blair three. Uh, just a couple of cup games uh, in midweek, but Deal did score eight in their game against Faversham Strike Force uh, on Tuesday night in the Challenge Cup. In the first division, it was AFC Whiteleaf 2, Larkfield 3, uh, Bryden Ramps 4 1 winners over Greenways, Forest Hill Park 4, Meridian VP 2, Lewisham Borough 5 1 winners at K Sports, uh, Staples Monarchs went down 2 1 at home to Croydon, and it was Tooting Beck 1, Canterbury City 1. Uh, so plenty of action there. Now, this weekend is the ground hop uh, in the Southern Counties East League. So they've done it so that you can. You may remember last year, this was the first time. I've done so that there's plenty of fixtures you can go and see. I think feasibly you can go to six games uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, so on Friday night, there were two games to pick from. Uh, the official ground hop game is Lordswood against Corinthian. Uh, but also there is the Foxbury Avenue derby. as Glebe take on Stansfeld on Friday evening. Uh, then on Saturday, as I say, staggered, staggered kickoff time. So the early game is in Division 1. So Rochester United against Faversham Strike Force at 11 o'clock. Uh, then officially you should be going to Faversham against Hollands and Blair for 3 o'clock before finishing your day at Whitstable against Beersted uh, at 6.30. The other games... On Saturday, Fisher against Tunbridge Wells, Homestead against Irith Town, Rustle against Punjab, Sutton Athletic against VCD Athletic, and in the first division, Croydon against Forest Hill Park, Greenways against Canterbury, Larkfield and New Hyde against K Sports, Lewisham Borough against FC Armstead, Staples Monarchs against AFC Whiteleaf. And then on Sunday, the groundhog continues, concludes even, uh, as Lidtown hosts Snodland at 11 a.m. Uh, and Deal Town at home to Kennington at 3. Uh, plenty going on there, Matt. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great initiative. Really good. Um, 11 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday morning, though. Mm-hmm. That, that that seems a bit a bit of a wrong, especially when Snodland have got a fair trek down to Lid, haven't they? Yeah, the, the timings are a bit... I don't, I'd love to know how many people are going to all six games. This is a bit, I take it every weekend there must be a groundhog. So this one, Kent... Next week it could be Surrey or something like that. So I don't know if they're I don't know if they're that often. We did have to speak to the guy last year. They, yeah. and I know last year's was the first one that's ever been down in the southeast. So yeah. I think it's you know there's probably three or four a season at the moment. They want to add more and more as they go along. Um, but I think you know I think it's a great initiative. And yeah, so officially those are the six games you can go to. One on Friday night, and then make, basically work your way down the coast. You start at Lordswood, and then you head down to Rochester, Faversham, Whitstable. Lid and deal, which, you know, if I had the opportunity this weekend, I'd be all over it. But unfortunately, you know how life is for me. I'm working. So well, I suppose uh, a bit of a trip. Yeah, Whitstable, Whitstable, lovely. You know, after you've seen that, going to Whitstable for a, for a jar or an oyster, bit of a trek to Lid though the next morning. So, but then back to deal. So, yeah, should be, a, I'm sure, hopefully we'll check the, the gates next week. Hopefully there'll be um, a really good, attendance for all these and, and if anybody's going please um let us know on uh, social media uh, how many people go do the, the six there must be a it must be a hearty band of sick of people going to all six games so um yeah i hope it works out for the weather's going to be fantastic as well so uh, um perfect way though to watch six games of football and as we know in the schedule you're likely to score a lot of goals and i predict there will be 32 goals in those six games Oh wow, that's that's you've gone big there, mate. Where, where do you reckon the big goals are going to be? Uh, it's always goals in this. Plenty of goals. We average of five a game. There's better be a three-two and things in that. Yeah, plenty of goals all over the place. Deal of inform. Eight goals last week. Plenty of so they know where the back of the net is. So yeah, plenty of goals. Plenty of entertainment. 
I'll be disappointed if you don't see 30, at least 25 plus goals. He's gone big there, hasn't he? Listeners, he's gone big. <laughs> um, full programme in midweek as well uh, in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division. Uh, Beerstead at home to Faversham on Tuesday night. Corinthian against Rostall. Earth Town against Stansfeld. Glebe against Sutton Athletic. Collins and Blair against Whitstable Town. Uh, Punjab United against Holmesdale. Tommage Wells against Wellington. VCD Athletic against Fisher. And on Wednesday night, uh, Lidtown host Lordswood and Snodland Town meet Kennington. Uh, there is also an, an Isthmian League uh, South East game on Wednesday night as well, which I did miss along the way. Uh, but that is Phoenix Sports against Irith and Belvedere. So if you're in the area on Wednesday night, make sure you go along and see that one because I don't think there's too far in that one. Uh, Phoenix Sports, incidentally, have had a tricky start to the season, Matt, but uh, they brought Keith McMahon in as, as assistant manager to Steve O'Boyle. So there's certainly some experience in the dugout now at Phoenix Sports. Yeah, I think they, they were the team that's conceded a lot of goals along with Ashford in the division. So, um, yeah, I, I think Keith McMahon, where was he before? He was with BCD for a long time, then it was yeah, vegetables. So, yeah, knows his standard. I think he'll, he'll be just trying to. Um, shore it up and make sure that they're going to be uh, in that division next season. But yeah, uh, yeah, promotion late on last season. Again, probably not one of the sides we expected to be riding high, but I think probably defensively they got, got stuff to work on and Keith McMahon will go in there and, and get themselves well-drilled and well-organised. Yeah, I'm sure that he will. Uh, that's pretty much it for the football chat. I think, I think we've covered everything in the end. Um but yes, uh, yeah, it's been a good week. As you say, about the weather's going to be amazing. Do you know what? The weather's going to be really nice this weekend. So do you know what it is in Eastbourne on Saturday? Well, the marathon, is it? No, it's bonfire night. Oh. So, as I've said oh. before, they take their bonfires very, very seriously down in this part of the world. Uh, and the Eastbourne uh, bonfire display is on Saturday night. So there's a big parade through the town uh, from 7.30 along the seafront. And then the fireworks display at 9.45. I will be attending. Uh, I've not missed it since I've been here, actually. So uh, be very How good. How many people and... will be on the streets of that? Loads? Oh, yeah, loads. Is, well, is, this, is not... this two fingers up to Lewis saying, well, ours is better? No, so that they're all in They're all in combination. So oh, right, Lewis's right. Bonfire Society will be there. Um, you know, and, and then basically they have all these big ones all around the county. And then it all culminates uh, in a huge one in Lewis uh, on the actual 5th of November. So. What, what... Why does Sussex love bonfire night so much? Did Guy Fawkes come from that, or is it just just a bit strange down that way? I assume it's probably related to the fact they want to drive around with a bloody full beam on all the time. They just like lights <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but no, it's 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 very strange. But I, you know, last year I went to the fireworks and it was uh, absolutely incredible. I had a really great time. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping for more of the same this year. So it should be uh, yeah, it should be good fun. Um, but yeah, so that means I've not been watching too much. No, no, nor have I, mate. We haven't watched um, too much on the telly at all this week. Um, there's plus to catch up on. Um, I've caught up with Wrexham. Have you watching Wrexham? Wrexham? Do you know what? I only got about halfway through the first series. I do need to, to watch it because yeah. it was, apart from a couple of episodes that were quite random, it was, it was you know, it was interesting to, to see it uh, all unfold. So yeah, I, I will try and catch up with that one uh, and, see, and see how that goes, definitely. Well, they, yeah, they, they are, you know, just, it's, what I quite like about it, they're not focusing on the two owners a bit more. It's more the, the characters behind the scenes. Clearly they found some good characters around the club and linking it around. So, uh, and, and last week's episode was all about it, that, you know, they, you know, they're, they're fully on board that everybody wants them to lose and all this money's coming in and they'd be crap without all the money. 
Um, so they're fully on board. So if you want to hate us, hate us. But we're making the most of it and you'd be, feel exactly the same. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a good... It's one of the better ones, the better football documentaries, I think. Um, they don't take themselves too seriously. So, uh, and, and clearly what they're doing is, is, a, is a really good for the club. And, the, and, the, and more importantly, the town of Wrexham, because they do paint it as the world's worst place to live in, but they've turned it around. Yeah, I mean, and, and the club has had such a tough time, hasn't it, over the past few years with, with everything that's gone over the past 20 years. Um, so I suppose that is a good thing um, that they are doing that. I did do something else on Saturday, though. Uh, I went to see uh, two bands, one that were big in the late 90s uh, and one that were big in the um, early to mid 2000s, I suppose. They've, they've joined forces uh, to do a tour together. Not much flying busted, is it? No, much better than that. So... I uh, went to see Ash and the Subways uh, together uh, uh, at the Bexhill Delaware Pavilion. Uh, do you know what? They were both incredible. I, I saw the Subways when I was back at uni, and I kind of I haven't really kept up with their with their new, newer releases, I suppose, but every song they played was really good, and the same for Ash. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was my first gig um, with my fiancé as well, and we both, we both discovered that we're good gig partners. Uh, the only disappointment was because of the train strikes. I had to drive. Uh, so, unfortunately, it was... Is that a good uh, venue, the Bexhill? Is it, like, only, is it like the Leeds Cliff Hall? A, a little bit, yeah. I've only been there three times. So, it's right on the seafront. Uh, and I've been there three times. So, I saw Feeder there uh, back in April last year. And earlier on this year, I went to a Test Match special thing with Glenn McGrath and Jonathan Agnew, which was also really good. Um, but, yeah, it's a lovely little venue. Really good for music. And, and the two bands were amazing. And... Um, we even got, uh, they were selling a limited edition vinyl, which I bought and got signed by the bass player from the subways. And we got a cheesy picture with her as well. So that was uh, all part of the fun. But yeah, do you know what? Absolutely brilliant gig. Uh, they're in London next Wednesday, I think. So if you're in, if you're my sort of age and you like the sort of music that I like. I've heard of them before. I would go and watch Ash and the Subways. Uh, I've heard of Ash. Yeah, I've never heard of the Subways. So. They're really uh, good. So uh, any other pop concerts coming up? Uh, go and see Nothing But Thieves uh, next month. I've got tickets to see uh, to an evening with Stuart Broad uh, the week before that as well. Uh, he and he's uh, he's at a theatre in London. Um, so going along to that. Uh, and then I've got a couple of things lined up for next year already as well. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, had an excellent gig partner. Uh, so all is well with the world, really. Apart from, and I, I did mention this at the top of the show, but the drilling this week. I get in late from work. I get in, especially this week, because um, they couldn't even run buses to replace the trains that they'd cancelled. Uh, I get in at half twelve, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, and yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, I got woken up at quarter past eight. They did some renovations in the flat, in one of the flats downstairs, and they started drilling at quarter past eight. They had a radio on and they were singing along. And trust me, they couldn't sing. Uh, and at quarter past eight in the morning, I was, I mean, literally, I could barely open my eyes, but I couldn't go back to sleep. Uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty rancid experience, to be honest. I mean, I, I can't complain about being tired because, you know, I'm, I'm not tired compared to other people, you know, like teachers and, and things like that do much more harder work than I do. So I can't complain too much, but I just wouldn't mind having a bit more sleep. And, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of tradesmen that might listen to this show. There's plenty of tradesmen who play non-league football. Um, but surely to goodness, if you're working in a block of flats where there's 60 flats, you would think, well, there might be some people in here that might want to lie in. Let's do the drilling later in the day rather than first thing when we get there. 
but apparently these lockdowns time don't is work. money john time is money just got to plan oh, their yeah. days better matt they've just got to plan their days better it's not good enough as far as i'm concerned okay so that is probably about it mate because it is quite late and you really need to catch up on your sleep um and, and, I, and i don't want to get people excited when they i don't want to start jumping up and down when i manage to get into bed tonight like these some people probably do on Strictly Come Dancing. So uh, <laughs> apart from that, yep, yeah, great week. Peppy, fantastic week. Really delighted for all people like that. And fingers crossed in a couple of weeks' time, we can get some teams in the first round. So, um, yeah, really good week. Probably the result of the season so far, that was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And as you say, congratulations to them. And thanks to Jeff for his time this week. Uh, thanks to Matt for sending in that interview as well. And of course, thanks to Adam Flanagan uh, for his time. I uh, hope everybody manages to get along to a game this weekend. And so there's plenty of options uh, in the scaffold. Uh, I assume you're at Dover, are you, Matt? I am Dover against top of the table Taunton. So Dover have yet, the only side yet to win a home game this season. So um, oh, it'll be a, another good test. Um, so... It'll be good to go into the Eastley game where I'm thinking it could be more a difficult game to with a bit of confidence try going three games unbeaten if they can uh, at least get a result against Taunton. So I'll be at Cramble in my shorts, mate. Thinking about putting the shorts away, but the weather's going to be so good. Out come the legs for another week. Yeah, I've had my shorts on today because I went and play golf again, but there you go. Um, it's all good. Oh, I've got, I've got to mention Nick Cunningham, sponsor. He did send me a text. So, how they got on this week? Can we drive my phone? Uh, first of all, you said shocking draw for Dover. Thanks, mate. Uh, they beat Ramsgate Reds 2 0 on Saturday at home, and they're up against a strong Whitstable team at home on Sunday. Uh, they're, they're unbeaten as well. So, they've won three, drawn one so far. So, it's a big test for them. So, good luck um, for Sandwich Town Youth up against Whitstable uh, this weekend. One o'clock if you're in the uh, Sandwich area. Absolutely. Yes. Good luck, lads. Uh, bring it home. Uh, you can find us on social media or on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. You can also search for the group Kent Only Football Chat and get involved in there. Um, you can find us on Instagram and on threads at Kent Non League Podcast. All good there. I'm at John Pips81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to vote for us if you wouldn't mind if you haven't already in the Football Content Awards. We really, really appreciate every vote uh, that could come our way. It'd be absolutely fantastic if you could vote for us. Um, the details we did mention last week, but it's just search for Football Content Awards voting and you'll be able to vote for us. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, and all that remains to say is thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I do think that Victor Meldrew probably is I'm turning into, but I don't think that's a bad thing. But Everybody, just don't get too excitable. It's just annoying.